Take your Bible, take the Word of God, and turn, if you will, to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. And that has such a better ring than the chair recognizes or raise your ballot. Just turn to the Word of God today, all right? Let's take it, let's look at it this morning, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and verse 9. Have you ever had any moments where you just could stay right there in that place, right there in that time, somehow that you could capture it and that you could just continue to live right there. Some of you say, it's never been the president's address at the Louisiana Baptist Convention. (laughs) And now I'll tell you this, it probably won't be today either. But there are some moments Sometimes there were moments that I didn't even recognize until after the fact. Going out into the woods with my dad hunting. Going to my grandparents on Christmas Eve. and The family being drawn together to be able to celebrate that holiday. Christmas morning with my kids to be able to open gifts and celebrate that blessed day. How about the Ole Miss victory over LSU in 2021? I told you I'm already elected. I don't care anymore what I say. And by the way, I had to capture that moment because we lost this year and we'll probably lose 10 more years. You know, it is Ole Miss after the fact. How about, how about moments that we want to capture in our lives with our families? Maybe maybe even in the church life. You remember those moments like where God moved in such a mighty way in a service that you were just like, can we just stay here? We were kind of like the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration, like, Jesus, can we just like build some tents and tabernacles? Let's just kind of stay right here for a while. There are places and there are moments where you want to just dwell. You want to just stay there. As Paul was writing to the Philippians, he said, let me suggest to you some areas where you ought to dwell as it relates to the Lord. It's one of the reasons I wanted to pick this passage for today and for our convention, that it would speak to us as well, just as Paul spoke to the Philippians, that God would speak to us about like moments where we just want to capture and we just want to dwell. We just want to stay there because it is so important that our minds and our feet and even our hearts are dwelling in the right place. So listen to what Paul said as he was writing to those Philippian believers. He said, finally, by the way, he had already said finally back in chapter 3, verse 1, but he's a good preacher because he started winding down. He started thinking of something else he wanted to say. Then he came back and he said, finally, brethren, He could have very well have said brothers and sisters in Christ. In other words, he looked at the Philippian church and he says, you are my family. You are my people. And I want you to know today that I said accurately that the folks who led worship for us, they're my people, my Temple Baptist Church folks that I love more than life itself. But I also come today and I recognize that in some way we have a kinship. Because God has brought us together. What is the old saying that I was Baptist by birth, but now I'm Baptist by conviction? 
And here we are sharing together as Louisiana Baptists. There's a sense where we could say today, brothers and sisters, my family. Paul says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. He said, meditate on these things. You know, somehow as I read through the book of Philippians, I recognized that Paul said a lot about how we were to conduct our minds. He was very interested in the way that we would think. He even opened his book by talking about his own thinking. You remember Philippians chapter 1 verse 3, he said, I thank God upon every remembrance of you. In other words, he was thinking about them and the love that he had for that church. Philippians chapter 2 Verse 5, remember what Paul said? He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then he gave us, I think, the greatest Christological hymn that has ever been, been penned. He gave it to us. He said, you need the mind of Christ. In chapter 3, in verse 15, he said, therefore let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. Chapter 4, verse 2. He talked to two individuals that were having conflict, and he said, be of the same mind. Have you noticed something? He was trying to talk to them about where their minds were and how they were thinking. And now he comes in verse 8, and he says, meditate, or as the CSB says, dwell on these things. Dwell on these things. The word there means to think in a detailed manner. You need to stop and you need to really ponder it. You need to consider. You need to allow it just to dwell in your mind. So what I would say to you today is that we need to let our minds dwell in the praise of God. Hopefully we have, as we've heard reports, as we've worshiped together, that we would dwell in the praise of God. Notice he speaks to us about the things that we can think about, the things that we can dwell on, the things that are true and noble, the things that are just and pure and lovely and of good report. He says, you can dwell on these things. Let me ask you, what does your mind dwell on? It's kind of difficult or challenging to think about how our minds can drift. How like even right now, see a few of you, your minds are drifting. I can tell, I can tell. It's amazing how things can just capture our minds for the moment. Someone has said that we have, had, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of thoughts during the day. But what are the things that draw our attention? What are those things that we seem to dwell upon? Well, for some people, as I alluded to earlier, they dwell on things like sports. They think about their sports. Again, if you're an LSU fan, this is a good year to dwell on it. For those of us that are Tech fans, my friends from Lafayette, we don't need to be dwelling on anything right now. 
But sometimes people will dwell on sports. They'll think about it. Sometimes people will dwell on politics. There are a lot of people who have been dwelling on politics since last Tuesday. May I admit to you, I probably consumed a little too much news over the last few days. I hope I'm spiritually prepared and was spiritually prepared to come to you today because I probably listened to too much news. There are too many of us that get consumed about those things. Let me, let me tell you, God spoke to me about yesterday and he said, Reggie, I think you've been more concerned about the kingdoms of this earth than my kingdom over the last few days. Because, you know, it's kind of amazing when you want to preach that God takes that same passage and convicts you with it. So maybe we dwell on politics. Maybe things come a little closer to home. And we dwell on something that was maybe a critical spirit or comment there within our church. Pastor, I think I do this from time to time. Somebody says something to me, I just let it eat away at me. Maybe when a family decides to go to another church, a family that you've ministered to, you can dwell on that for just a bit. Sometimes it comes into our homes. We can see a child that is rebellious and a child that has walked away from the Lord. And it's like that's all our mind can be consumed about. Now, I'm not telling you that there aren't challenges. I'm not telling you that we shouldn't think through the difficulties and the challenges of our life. But I'm going to tell you also that what the Lord wants us to do is is to just settle and dwell. Dwell on these things that are of Him, the things that are pure, the things that are true, the things that are lovely, that we need more of that dwelling in our mind than what Satan is trying to do within our minds. Someone has said, I think it was the great Warren Wiersbe that said, that if we allow a lie to come into our mind, we have allowed Satan to take control of our mind. And what we need to do is to see what is coming in and out of our mind. The old saying, garbage in is garbage out. And Paul says it is so important that you are dwelling, that you are dwelling in these things. Again, those things that are true, those are ethically true, those things that are noble, those things that are honorable, just, pure, holy, lovely, good report. By the way, I went and studied that word just a little bit. It can also be translated good rumor. I didn't even know there was such thing as a good rumor. But he says... You ought to be thinking about those good rumors, those good reports. I thank God today that we've actually heard some great reports of what is happening in Louisiana Baptist life. Because one of the things, yeah, give the Lord credit on that. Absolutely. I didn't realize that one of the primary purposes of my serving as president was to attend meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. I didn't know Dr. Horn didn't mention that to me. But one of the things in those blessed meetings is that you do find out what's going on in this state. And you find out we're doing this together. Because sometimes up in Ruston, I forget that there are folks doing that work down in Mandeville. 
And sometimes up in Ruston, I forget that there are folks over at Lake Charles. Oh, I know, I knew the preachers and I knew that. But to hear the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and how it is working out in our entities, in our churches, to hear those reports. And that is one of the reasons I wanted us to settle on this and dwell today because I felt like we, of all people right now, we needed to hear something that was lovely and pure and true and noble, something that would fill our minds. I don't believe in the power of positive thinking, but I do believe in the power of praiseworthy thinking. And isn't that what he says? He says, whatever is of any virtue, whatever is praiseworthy, we need to think clearly and allow our hearts and our minds to dwell on the praise of God. But that's not what I, the only thing that I noticed in this passage. I also noticed verse 9. It says, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. He said, these things do. So first of all, he said, you need to allow your minds to dwell in the praise of God. And then he said, you need to make sure that you're allowing your feet to dwell in the paths of God. Notice again what Paul said. Paul said, the things that you have learned and received and heard and saw. Now, I kind of hope Dr. Strong's already gone. I really don't like New Testament professors sitting in the congregation when I'm trying to preach. (laughs) They try to correct me, and I don't like it. Understood this passage is this. If I were to translate it, I would translate it something like this. These things which you decisively learned... You decisively received, you decisively heard, and you decisively saw it in me. In other words, Paul says, you shouldn't have a doubt where I have stood. You saw it within me. You heard it within me. I gave you the apostolic example of who you should be and how you should walk. There is no question, even for us today, there should be no question. The apostolic tradition, the apostolic message, the scripture itself, it is still the truth for us. I do think there are times we need some new thinking. That is, what I mean by that? We need to think about the lovely things and the pure things and all that because sometimes our minds have become clouded. But I can tell you this, while we might need some new thinking every now and then, we don't need new truth. The truth has been established for us. It is all that we need. It is sufficient for us. We don't even have to come up with a new message. The message has already been recorded. I told my people the other day, I'll never run out of anything to preach because I've always got this. And when I preach, I can always know that I stand on the authority of the Lord's word as long as I'm drawing from this. And Paul said... You can too. You can. What you've heard from me and what you've seen, you can go on doing. Present tense. You can go on walking in it. 
Listen, my friends, Jesus is still the same Christ, still the same Savior, is still the same King, is still, He's still the same Lord of Lords and King of Kings He was in the New Testament that He is today. And you and I should never forget that. And we need to go on walking. See, this was in the backdrop of some false teachers. False teachers who had come and particularly challenged them about how you needed something else besides Jesus. You know those Jesus plus crowd. You, one of my other ministers pointed out to me the other day, you've got all these things plus now. Have you noticed this? Like ESPN plus, Disney plus. Well, I've got to be careful here. Though, though in the New Testament, you had a Jesus plus crowd. And you had some legalists that had attacked the church at Philippi and attacked those early believers. And what Paul said was, you don't have to listen to them. You don't have to get sidetracked by them. You've got the message that I've given to you. So when I was growing up in the hills of North Mississippi... My grandparents were dairy farmers. Now, I know this is an agricultural illustration, and many of you can't identify with this, all right? But my grandparents were dairy farmers. And they had big pastures behind their house. And in the back of their pastures, they had, they had some great ponds and lakes that I could fish. And I loved to fish. And I love to even kind of like sneak off on my own and fish. Now, it was on back there. But I found this path. I didn't know, you probably don't realize this happens, but cows can make a path. They can beat down a little path. And those cows, they seem to have this path right to the lake. And I knew that if I got in the pasture and I just followed that path, the one that was beaten down, it was unmistakable. As long as I followed it, I would get to the lake. And I could enjoy my time. I could enjoy that time of fishing. Well, it's a crude example. But don't you know, the apostles wore down the path for us. Those faithful believers who have come through the ages, they have worn down the path for us. They have stood with the truth. Louisiana Baptist, I don't know if you heard me mention this this morning, but this is the 175th convention. That means, from my understanding, that entering into this year will be our 175th year of ministry as Louisiana Baptist. And there have been a lot of Louisiana Baptists, not always right, because we can get things wrong from time to time. But I tell you, there have been a lot of faithful Louisiana Baptists who have beaten down the path for us. And all we got to do is allow our feet to dwell on the paths that God's Word has set for us. There are going to be temptations. You're going to be walking down the path and you're going to see something where it's like some, somebody went that direction or maybe some creature. You'll see something. You will. 
It's amazing kind of where you are and the paths that you get called to. When I was at Blue Mountain College, a little school in North Mississippi, a Baptist school, when I was at Blue Mountain College, I was known kind of as a liberal. Why? Well, remember, this is 25 years ago. And while I preached out of the King James Version of the Bible, I didn't necessarily think it was the only version of the Bible. So they thought I was liberal. But I'm going to tell you, I still preached out of the King James Version of the Bible, especially when they had the bylaws in the church that said you had to, you know, that's what I did. When I got to New Orleans Seminary, man, I walked on campus, and all of a sudden I felt like a conservative. Why? Because I believed in a premillennial, pre-trip kind of return of Jesus. Now, not to say that New Orleans is not, New Orleans, a lot of them do. But for the first time in my life, I heard a few students around me that were all millennial. And I was like, where have I walked into? We didn't have this debate. You know what I've determined, though? I just got to walk the path of God. And whatever his truth says is what should inform me. And my feet should dwell in the paths of God. Is that not what, is that what Paul said? To the believers, he said, you know what I've taught you. You know what you've heard. You know what you've seen. He says, dwell. And my friends, I just want to encourage you. I know there are many of you, and I want to encourage you to keep dwelling in the path of God and his truth. If we abandon God's truth, we abandon God. And if we abandon God... We abandon life and hope. I'm so proud that I can still walk with you in the paths of God. So Paul says, let your minds dwell in the praise of God. Let your feet dwell in the paths of God. Then he says, let your hearts Dwell in the peace of God. He says in verse 9, And the God of peace, the God of peace, will be with you. Paul had been talking to him about that peace. If you go up, chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing. Anxiety was tearing them apart. That's really what that word means, is this idea of being torn apart. Worry was tearing them apart. Why? Because, well, again, these legalists, they had come in and they were teaching all kinds of other things. And we live in a culture that's teaching all kinds of other things. And you're going to see it. I used to think we lived in a bubble in Ruston, Louisiana. I used to think we lived in a bubble in Louisiana. Oh, by the way, did I ever say this? Like, here, but I did get here as soon as I could. Okay? But I will tell you, no matter where you are, no matter where you find yourself in ministry, the cultural winds are blowing against you right now. And if you're not careful, anxiety can consume you. 
Where is our culture going? Where is the world going? Paul said, don't be anxious. But he also knew there was internal strife and conflict. Chapter 4, verse 2 again. He calls out two ladies. Courageous. Euodia and Sentuki. calls them out because they're having problems. Euodia. Again, I hope Dr. Strong's not here, but if you break the name down, it means something like good odor. Good fragrance. Sentuki. The first part of her name is a preposition in the Greek, which means with. So in other words, it's kind of like she should have been working together with. The very people that should have had the fragrance of the church, the fragrance of Christ, the very people that should be working with others are the individuals that are causing the stink and causing the dispute. So they're anxious. They're anxious. What does Paul do? Paul says, hey, you yoke fellow, you, my fellow companion, would you go to them and would you help them come to peace? Because get this, neither one of those ladies were bad people. Don't miss it in the scripture. In the scripture, it says that both individuals have participated in the gospel and in the mission. Neither one of them was a bad individual. They just had some conflict going on. So anxiety was taking over. Anxiety was taking over because of the external opposition and also the internal conflict. And again, that's why Paul writes to them. And he tells them that if they would give themselves to thanksgiving and supplication... Here in verse 8, if you would allow your mind to dwell on those good things and allow your feet to dwell in the paths of God. He says, the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace. Oh, back again in verse 7, he had said, and the peace of God which really surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts. The peace that will excel every mental effort you have will stand guard at your heart. It's a military term. means it's like a soldier standing there and not allowing any of that anxiety to come in. You'll just stand there. And your hearts will dwell in the peace of God. But I think it goes back to where we're thinking and where we're walking. To our minds, to our feet. Because if our minds are right and our feet are right, then our hearts are right. And we have the peace of God. So a few months ago, I shared this with the executive board, but a few months ago, my wife got me one of these watches. It's an Apple watch. I hate it. 
I can tell you that because she's not watching this today. She had to teach school because of things going on, so she's not here. So I can tell you and just publicly confess, I hate it. It tells me what to do. When I'm sitting there too long, it says, time to stand. It'll tell me that I need to take a moment of reflection. How do... How does it know that I need a moment of reflection? Somebody asked me the other day, they said, can you even tell time on that thing? I said, not really, because there's too many other messages coming up and things happening. But you know what I have noticed? It will keep up with my heart rate. It will keep up with my heart rate. So I've been experimenting a little bit. Um, A few weeks ago, I preached a sermon Man, I thought it was great. You know, we preachers, we do, I mean, we thought it was great. I thought it was great. I said it, we, I thought it was great. Somebody posted something on social media about my message. I didn't feel like it was so great after that. I'd been thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. I went to my watch because I knew I'd been thinking about it. I said, let me see this. And my heart rate was up because I allowed anxiety to come in. I was dwelling on the critic. My wife, she takes me and makes me walk every now and then. (laughs) She wants me to do this stuff called exercise. I go out and I'll look. Well, my heart rate is appropriate to how I'm walking. If I'm exercising, it's up a little bit. It tells me what I'm doing. Really, I can look at the heart rate and I can tell. Because the heart rate is connected. It's connected to my thought. It's really connected to my walk. Louisiana Baptist. Listen to what Paul is saying. He said, let your minds dwell in the praise of God. Let your feet dwell in the paths of God. And then you can know that you can let your hearts dwell in the peace of God. Because if we get our minds right, we get our feet placed right, and we're walking right, then our hearts will be right. And we will have peace. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the moments that you have given us to hear from your word. Guide us in the rest of this day and help us to dwell as you have called us in you and in your word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.